Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Hello and welcome to, yep, your ears are not deceiving you, your iTunes and Spotify lists are not lying. A long-awaited episode of Kickback with Chris, the Martial Arts Podcast. Hello to everybody. Um, a bit of a recurring theme, me apologising for not being around for a while, um, but we're now in lockdown three, uh, for those of you in the UK. Um, I think it's fair to say that the general scheme of things for the majority of the world, regardless of where you are, is we're all in a bit of a mess. Um, things are a little bit upside down. And as such, I've, well, I just took the decision to take a bit of a break from the podcast, really. Again, I've mentioned this before, not a right lot of positivity going on to really discuss. Same old themes keep reoccurring. Uh, but, you know, there's been some changes, there's been some developments since we last spoke. I think it was around November time. Um, and we now seemingly have a little glimmer of hope for some sort of an end to this whole pandemic, uh, a ray of light, a bit of light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, uh, and hopefully before too long, before too long, we'll be able to get back to kicking each other in the face, punting each other in the gut and choking each other out and all be happy people all over again. So... What I'm going to do this week is, as well as talking to Matt Chapman towards the end of the episode, what I thought would be nice to kick things off again, so to speak, for this year, would be to, well, take some questions from uh, our listeners and from our friends in the wider industry. So what I've got here is a fairly substantial pile of questions, uh, so thank you to everybody that did submit them, uh, especially those ones that I came uh, hustling on, uh, on Private Messenger on Facebook. You know, if I did that, then, you know, that's good because I knew that you'd send me a decent question, so don't feel bad about it. Right, I'm going to start off with a question from a first-time question sender, Mr. Keith Farrell, who says, You have been involved in the martial arts for more than 20 years. Okay, thanks for mentioning that. Thanks for bringing that up. Yes, he's right. I have been involved in the martial arts now for more than 20 years. Um, Just had my 41st birthday and feeling considerably old now. Thank you. He doesn't actually say that. That's me adding that bit in. So, go back to the start. He says, you've been, uh, you said that you've been involved in the martial arts for more than 20 years. I did, that's right. If you consider the martial arts scene in the UK on the whole, what do you think the greatest positive changes have been? In brackets. Not talking about just the fighting skills, although the answer could still involve that. It's a more holistic question. Okay. Well. Wow. There's been... There's been so many changes, so many developments on so many fronts with regards to martial arts this last 20 years. Um, it's difficult to pinpoint one one thing in particular. I, I guess what I would say as a positive is that the... Although... Okay, actually, no. I, I would say that there is a broader range of, of arts to, to train in now than there, there has been. I know that there's been a lot of them around, just maybe not as uh, widely available because they just weren't known about. But I think the one thing with the you know increase in social media and technology as a whole is that it's allowed people um, to promote what they do. And on the opposite side, it's allowed people to, to find those arts that they wanted to train in. I remember for a long, long while, um, I wanted to train in capoeira and, and, and some 
kung fu styles and i just couldn't find them except for in films and you know and a, a little bits on the internet for like videos on on websites that were popping up around the early 2000s but then as the years have gone on and social media uh the reach of social media has increased i found clubs and schools teaching those styles that literally miles from my house i didn't know about before you know some schools and i completely respect this they keep to themselves they have a very small student number and they do their own thing quietly and i completely respect that uh but it just made, meant that myself you know i was keen to find these schools i couldn't find them so i would say probably uh one of the more positive things that has changed is that there are more arts available now as a result of um them being more readily uh available through social media and through people just seemingly doing more now i think uh with with mma you know uh, ufc bellator uh, these um setups getting more and more attention people are looking to cross train more and do more things so people are providing more options for that okay next question comes from mr david hector uh merits this is this is kind of truncated a little bit uh discuss the merits of online learning versus zoom learning versus real classes can digital slash online hold a candle to real actual training okay so that's kind of in two parts so um the merits of online versus zoom versus real so the difference is just to clarify what he's meaning there uh, online being sort of um think if it courses where you can maybe download them or stream them zoom which is in effect live although streamed across the internet same as facebook live things like that um and then obviously real classes being the real classes so the merits of those individual okay so online learning uh, you can access it at any time. Those of you that know, I mean, obviously one of the sponsors for the show, we've got onlinekicking.co.uk and obviously uh, Matt Chapman as well. You know, these guys are providing courses where you can access them at any time of the day on pretty much any device that will stream video. So whether it's your phone, your tablet, your laptop, your computer, even your smart TVs. So you can access that information when it suits you, whether it's middle of the day or middle of the night. Um, Zoom learning, um, obviously that's streamed content, so that's live in effect. Although you can record those and then later distribute the files, I guess. But um, the merits of of Zoom is, you know, you can, you know, in the sense of right now with the pandemic, um, my school is closed to physical teaching. Although I am coming into my school to stream live from my gym into people's houses. You know, um, and, and that's a pretty pretty cool thing when you think about it. You know, I I'm here teaching the class like I would normally, so to speak, air quotes. <laughs> um, but the students are at home or wherever they are, are watching at that time um, to practice. In the in the summer months, it was some of them were training outdoors, setting up mats and training outdoors, and 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 streaming to their devices outdoors. So the the merits of obviously online in the sense of zoom and live training is you can teach to anyone anywhere anywhere in the world live as long as they've got an internet connection and obviously well the merits of real classes i would say that's you know i I don't really need to discuss that there's nothing better than hitting pads training being with people making contact you know the the the, all the stuff that we love about martial arts I, i guess that's the obvious merits um, in that respect uh, the second part of his question can digital slash online hold a candle to real actual training in short no 
Um, as much as I am an advocate for online learning, whether it's streaming or whether it's downloading, it, it cannot come anywhere close to actual physical training. When we're training in a combat art that you know that require contact, even if you're teaching a non-contact system, which is a bit of a divisive subject, and I'm not one we're going to get into right now. You know, you, it it still ultimately works better when you are around other people. You know, and again, I know it's a contentious subject, but the the element of being pressure tested is super important, whether it's through sparring, whether it's through vocalization, verbal training, whatever it is, you're not getting that. You're not getting that when you're t- training online. Now, I know that there's a whole debate, and that's one I've had as well, around... You know, is martial arts purely for combat? Is it, you know, can it be for other means? Absolutely it can. You know, I I myself use my training for performance work, for, for film work, for stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, re- it's not that it's any less relevant, but ultimately when you boil it down, the, the initial main aim, the concept behind martial arts is combat defense. Um, and you can't replicate that. At the minute, you can't, anyway, on online. So, can digital online hold the candle to real training? Not really. It's a good supplement, let's put it that way. Or a substitute in today's current weirdness. Alright, the next question comes from Lucci. Mr. Lucci Delgadio, who is the founder of Kaizen and the founder of Kaizen Talks, who I've actually been on his podcast having a chat, so you can have a little listen out for that. His question, quite simply, is... Well, I say simply. The question's short, but the answer's not. Um, why do people leave their federations and move on? Well... <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Uh, a multitude of reasons. I think ultimately it comes down to one of two things, doesn't it? They're either not happy for whatever reason or they can just get a better service somewhere else. Um, I think it's fair to say that there's been a significant amount of movement going on this last, well, basically since March, since the the whole lockdown one in the UK. I don't know how it's been in other countries, but um, I've certainly seen a pretty seismic shift in people moving between... That's a big descriptive, wasn't it? Anyway, there's been a lot of people moving around uh, and, and seeing what's out there because I think what this pandemic has very quickly highlighted is the shortcomings of of some groups. I'm not going to name groups. That's just not what I'm about, not where I'm at with this sort of thing. But some were very, very slow to react. Um, and, you know, their, 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 their members, their clients, their, their instructors were panicking because they didn't necessarily understand the rules. They didn't know what they could do. They didn't know what their options were. And they were turning to these associations. Dude, let's not forget, you know, they were they're being paid to do this we're not helping, not quick enough anyway. You know, simple things like asking about, is my insurance valid for online? You know, on the face of it, maybe not a, a, an easy question to quickly answer in the sense of that same day, but we're talking weeks that some people were hanging around. And I, I, I dare say some people never ever did get an answer. Um, some associations haven't necessarily... Um, handled the um, how do I say this carefully they haven't necessarily handled their approach to the pandemic particularly um, I'm trying to trying to phrase this in a way to not say it the wrong way <laughs> basically they've not been overly 
thoughtful towards the fact that people have got different views on this situation. You know, some people are um, of the mindset that it's all fake and it's not real and it's just a big conspiracy. And then on the opposite end, you've got people who are very, very concerned um, and want to take every precaution to make sure that they're not making the situation worse. And some associations or representatives of them didn't really handle it in a particularly delicate way, which I think ultimately rubbed people up the wrong way and caused them to look for their options. So I guess in short, why do people leave federations and move on? Because they're not happy or they can just get better service somewhere else, I guess. Saves everything, really. Right. Um, Mr. David Jenkins asks, how are you coping with lockdown? Is there anything in particular you've been doing to prepare for a return to the old normal? And then he says, I realise that's two questions, but it's a sort of two-parter. Yep, that's fine. Um, How am I coping with lockdown? Um, I'm coping, I think is best to say. Uh, (laughs) It's been different for all three. Um, The first one seemed uh, a little bit... In some ways, a bit calmer, and in other ways, a bit fraught. I think tensions within the industry in the first one were a lot higher, but I was a lot calmer in respect to known, you know, sort of being comfortable with what I was doing for my school, whether it was right or wrong. I felt a bit com- more comfortable then. The second one was, you know, it was a bit of a non-event, really, wasn't it? It was just, hey, you're shut, and up, oh, you're open again, um, and sort of the November one. So we didn't really get time to settle in. The students really didn't get time to adjust. So it was all a bit, a bit, bit, bit frantic. Um, and then this one, this one just feels a little bit like, like we're all sat around waiting. We sort of, we know that there's an end in sight potentially, but we don't know how long it's going to be. They keep saying, "Oh, early spring, early spring," but you know, it, it's, it, it, it seemingly we're all just sat around waiting for something that we don't know when it's coming, and it's a little bit frustrating. Um, so, you know, I'm coping. The homeschooling situation is crap, I'll be honest. It's not great. Not that, It's not my kids that are, are, are at fault for anything. It's just the fact that they, like everybody else, they're just mentally fatigued. They're so fed up of this whole lockdown. Not lockdown. Rule the six. Oh, lockdown again. Oh, not lockdown again. Oh, you can have Christmas. You can't have Christmas. Oh, it's lockdown again. It's just a, it's just a pain in the ass, and everyone is mentally fatigued. It's seemingly switching and changing between all these different sets of rules all the time. Um, and it's just got to a point now where I think a lot of people are like, it's just got not that, no, they can't be bothered. That's the wrong way of saying it. It's just, it's more difficult to be bothered, if that makes sense. So, you know, coping as best I can. The same as everybody, really. You know, um, trying to stay positive, Trying to stay as involved as possible. You know, I'm putting more energy into my online now than ever before. Got lower numbers attending than ever before. But I think that harks back to what I was just saying about the whole... Everybody's just... Everyone's just knackered. They're fed up of the whole thing, aren't they, really, to be fair? Now, as for plans for what to do when we return to the old normal as such, whatever that ends up being, I've had various plans at different points that have modified... Because the situation just keeps changing, as I mentioned earlier, we've gone through however many different iterations of this lockdown and different social distancing rules. Stay a meter and a half, stay two meters, in six people, and it's like it's just changing all the time. I guess ultimately it depends on 
how how we come back when we come back because the when will also impact um how how I, how I approach things i think if if let's say we were told uh like a flicker switch and it all went back to normal on monday I, i'm just saying that as an example okay um what i'm planning to do is um put in place a, a, a basically like a short course using the online format um, so, because our waiting list is building up and building up and building up, so I've got all of these people that are keen to train. Um, so I plan to record uh, like a beginner's introduction to martial arts. Um, now, in non- all honesty, it will be less about teaching them techniques, more about making them familiar with the school, the layout, who I am, what to expect. You know, little things like where do the parents sit. Where do the kids put their shoes? Where do they wait before class? Because I think there's going to be a massive shift in the things that people are concerned about. I think we're going to see a lot of kids that are going to be worried about little things like, oh, when I get there, will everybody know where to put their shoes? And I won't know where to put my shoes. So I think it's going to be more sort of... Uh, yes, it'll be yes, it'll be sent out and I suppose dressed up to a certain degree as a, a course saying, okay, this is a front kick and this is how we bow and this. But in reality, what it will be is a short introduction to who I am, what our classes are, how they run, where they are, how long they are, um, just to make it so that these potential students feel like they know who I am and what we do before they even arrive for their first uh, class so when all the providers and let's be real here this is what's going to happen isn't it as soon as the government presses that go button on sports returning indoors they are going to these people are going to be inundated with adverts from football from swimming from all the different sports and you know that's fair play isn't it you know it, it, it's it's fair play we can all do our bit so i think if we can do our best to make our students or potential students feel comfortable about coming back they're going to go with the people that they feel most um, at ease with going to meet going to see because they know who they are before they've even gone you know they'll make the decision emotionally based on how well they know you how much they like you how much they trust you you know uh, as opposed to which looks the best you know and we could get into the rights and wrongs about that a million times over but we won't today because that's not what this podcast episode is about so hopefully that answers that david somewhere for you okay so the next question comes from mr eric burkett who i believe this is the first time eric sent them question in so thank you for that his question is would you rather first of all teach all your classes for the rest of your life on zoom or go back to normal classes <laughs> But you have to wear a hazmat suit during all the classes. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, well, straight away, I'm going to go with going back to normal classes, but you have to wear a hazmat suit. Uh, because let's face it, in all honesty, and I mean this in good fun, please don't take offence to this, anybody out there. We have kind of, for as long as we've been teaching martial arts, been working in fancy dress, haven't we? You know, we what we go to work in or teach in, should we say, is what a lot of people do wear when they go to Halloween parties or and that's not me taking the mick. It's just that, you know, if if 
Jimmy works as a dentist in the day or, or, you know, or Sarah, you know, is a lawyer in the day and they go to a fancy dress party, then it would be perfectly legitimate to them go as a martial arts instructor, you know, but don't, don't, you can save all your complaint emails. I'm not taking the mic. So, you know, um, would, I would never, no, teach, teach on Zoom for the rest of my life. I don't think so. I've already, I've already touched earlier on, on why, uh, whilst Zoom and online training is good to complement Existing training or temporarily replace training, it is not a long-term solution. Not for the majority, anyway, okay? There are going to be those that are potentially going to benefit more from exclusive um, online training. But, you know, I think in reality, um, most instructors would not be able to keep that up longer term, you know, um, both from the point of view of it being sustainable as a business or, you know, uh, as a, as a standalone class, but more, you know, equally, if not more so from the point of view of their ability personally to keep motivated long enough to, co- to provide the quality that would be required to do that. What a questionnaire. Okay. Hazmat suit. Might try it for a laugh though. Right. The next question comes from Mr. James Ridgway. Um, now let me see. Oh yes. Uh, how do you see on, how do you, sorry, I'll start again. How do you see the online element of training and gradings developing over the next 12 months and beyond? Should we have maybe done this pre-COVID and what things, if any, would you have done differently in response to the pandemic? Okay, there's a bit of a general theme with the question in here. Can you see? It's uh, very COVID orientated, which is what's on everyone's mind, isn't it? Okay, so let's take this a bit at a time. How do you see the online element of training and gradings developing over the next 12 months? Um... How do I see it developing? Um, hopefully not, <laughs> if I'm honest. Um, from the point of view of having to, because we don't have any other option. Look, don't, I, I, I've just said it on the previous the previous answer. Um, yes, online is a great temporary substitute or a, an additional element. But ultimately, we're teaching martial arts. There's got to be in-person contact for it to be relevant, for it to be suitable, fit for purpose, shall we say. You just can't get that on the internet through a webcam or through a, a, a an iPad camera. You just you just can't do that, you know. So um, will it continue to develop? If the situation carries on, if the pandemic continues, then it probably will. But my gut feeling is that the vast majority of instructors will drop online training, online teaching like a hot stone as soon as the opportunity arrives. You know, we are not, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking about myself here, maybe. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be so general, but experience, I would say, is to see me that we, we're very pick up and put down as an industry. You know, oh, shiny, look, new thing. And everyone jumped on the online like it's the best thing since sliced bread and then the minute we were all allowed back inside social distance everyone most people dropped online like a hot stone because let's face it it's a bit rubbish to do isn't it on a regular basis so i don't personally think it will develop much over the next year rightly or wrongly i mean i'm sure there's people out there they've got arguments for both sides i just think that as soon as we're allowed to get back to kicking and punching and strangling each other in person we will drop online stuff faster than you can say it um and all being well as the tier groups relaxed as we move you know social distancing is relaxed i ultimately i think the online thing will go back into hibernation um i think 
it might be something that's brought out to play every now and again because I think it would be wise to keep it you know, in the mindsets of our members and then our new members that come along so they're familiar with it so it stays there in their psyche so it's not completely disappeared so it doesn't become the negative thing oh we've locked down again oh we've got to go back to this it we keep it there we drip feed it a little bit and um, the second part of your question um should have maybe done anything oh no uh what would you have done differently in response to pandemic um i think i would have perhaps got on zoom a bit quicker I was a little bit apprehensive about the idea of Zoom from a a legal perspective, from a safeguarding perspective, I think is a better phrasing. Um, I was a little bit bit cautious of it to start with, the idea of being able to see into each other's houses and uh, the potential pitfalls of, of, of that. You know, if you take the worst case scenario in your head and then it plays out, how would you safeguard yourself? How would you justify putting other students in that position yourself in that position um and it was too much of an unknown i just wasn't comfortable with it so i I think i spent a little bit too much on facebook live because it was safe and i knew it now i do both I, i offer facebook live and zoom um and i should have done that quicker if i'm honest i should have done that quicker but i guess i held off for good reasons because i wanted to keep my students safe and i didn't want to put my career in jeopardy by having an issue pop up um that you know maybe i didn't have the correct policies in place to deal with because let's face it it, it's brand new you know it's not something that we've all had happen before so uh possibly that yeah get on get on zoom a bit quicker Right then, let's move on to the next one. So this one comes in from Keith, who asks, uh, or says, or kind of both, uh, you said that you've had, or you've been involved in martial arts for more than 20 years. If you consider the martial arts... Oh, oh I've actually asked that question already. <laughs> Why did I ask that one already? I thought I'd printed these off in order that they came in. Well, I'm leaving that in as a blooper. So I'll screw that up and put that down there. because <laughs> That one's been asked already. Wow, what a pro. Okay. Let's do that again. Right, so the next question comes in from Baz. Hi, Baz. Long-time listener to the show. Uh, Great guy. Um, He says, okay, here goes. I've... What is it? I'm out of practice with this podcasting, Lark. Right, start again. Jeez. Okay, here goes. I'm going to be 50 this year. Congratulations on making it 50, sir. Uh, Nearly. I've been doing martial arts since a kid, starting in WTF. Same as me. Uh, In the 80s. Uh, same as me. I was very flexible and had a repertoire of kicks uh, and migrated to kickboxing in my 20s. Competed at a high level. In my 30s, uh, had time off due to knees. Yeah, we've all done that. Uh, focusing on different things and then uh, returning in his 40s. Although I can perform most kicks at six foot head heights, try as I may, certain kicks on certain legs feel stiff and just can't get the height and form of yesteryears. <laughs> likewise dude uh psychic on what does he say psychic on one of my legs for example do you think that that's my lot age 50 or am i going to be able to improve my flexibility right Oof. i mean this one is wow okay um now you mentioned although i can perform most kicks to six foot there you go it is i don't know what the percentage of people out there Oh, that are higher, that are taller than six foot. I would probably hazard a guess that there's more people walking around 
shorter than six foot. Um, you know, unless you're trying to kick their hat off their head, then and I mean that, you know, it's a joke, obviously. But don't take it personally, anybody out there listening. Um, but no, you know, if you can kick it six foot head height, then that's kind of what you need. That's one of the big things that I push with my my kicking courses and stuff that I do online. A lot of times people go, oh, he's just flapping his legs around seven feet up in it. I used to be able to do a lot of that stuff, but I really don't do it. I can still do it if I need to, but I don't because it's not good for me. I'm 41, not 22. It's just not good for my hips. It's not good for my back. There's no need to risk rupturing something for the sake of a kick that looks nice. You know, there's just no benefit there at all. So I focus primarily on building up flexibility in strength in that tiny what i call kicking window if you think about when you chamber for a side kick to the midsection versus the chamber you take for a side kick to the chin you know when you extend your leg fully if you were to measure the gap from foot to to where your foot was to where your foot is you know it's quite a distance if you chamber back in and you measure the distance traveled of your chambered knee it's not very much at all. It's a tiny, tiny window. So I tend to focus a lot on building up strength and control within that t- small, small, small kicking window, which in turn works on the flexibility at the same time. You know, um, I wouldn't worry too much about the flexibility. If you've got six foot height kicks, some people struggle to have six centimeter height. Oh, that's probably a bit of an exaggeration, but some people cover, you know struggle up above knee height, let alone waist height. But then again, you look at it and go, well, you know, a solid side kick to someone's knee is going to be better than a tickly one to the chin. So it's it it's the wise why you have to ask yourself this ultimately: do, why do you want to kick higher? You now, do you need to, or do you want to? You know, can you still increase your flexibility? You can. It's incredibly difficult, and it's and it's not always as straightforward. Actually, it would depend on you know, let's say for example, hips. You know, no two people have the same shape hips, so one stretching program is not going to work the same for every single person. As much as some of these online courses may claim, one in particular, get your splits in however many days and weeks. It's just not. There's, they're everywhere. Those they're not gonna. The guarantees are ridiculous because, every, as I say, everyone's different. My hips are gonna be. You could take. You could line up a uh, hundred people, same age as me, same training experience as me, same injuries as me, and no two hips will be the same. You know. Uh, so, you know, you can work on your flexibility absolutely, but I I wouldn't get too caught up in it. My flexibility now is nowhere near what it was when I was thirty, but I wouldn't say I'm kicking any less effectively. In fact, I think now I kick better than I did when I was thirty. Maybe not as high, but I think uh, a lot more efficiently and a lot more effectively. So, you know, there's age for you. So it's, I don't don't think of age as a negative thing. It's you're gaining life experience points. So you've got nine more life experience points than me. So you're better at living. There you go. <laughs> right, next one comes in from Andrew, who asks, "How have you kept yourself motivated during the pandemic to keep to keep supplying quality classes to your students whilst you are unable to teach classes in the dojo?" What lessons have you learned about yourself and your teaching style that has changed during the pandemic? Teaching online classes rather than teaching face-to-face. Okay. Have I kept myself motivated? Um, 
I'll be honest, there have been days where I wanted to just bin it all and buy an ice cream van and sell ice creams. You know, or, or whatever. Um, again, that's just to cover myself off. I'm not saying anything negative about ice cream vans. I'm just using that as an example. Um, you know, uh, it's not always been sunshine and rainbows. I've had days where I would rather be doing anything else than teaching martial arts because I haven't necessarily always enjoyed the experience, you know, of teaching online, especially some of the days in June, July, where, you know, under a gazebo in my back garden with what felt like a million degrees and sweating my backside off and maybe only having two people on the live at the time. Yeah, those two people are benefiting, don't get me wrong, and I would do it again for those two people, but it doesn't mean I enjoy it. You know, um, what's kept me motivated is knowing that my some of my students rely on what I'm doing. Uh, if I think back to what I the way I relied on my training when I was sort of a teen, um, I really needed it. And, I, you know, as much as I might be having a crap day or whatever, I, I need to keep in the back of my mind that there are people out there that are relying on me. And that's not an egotistical thing or a big edit. It's not at all. It is a fact. And it's the same for all instructors out there. You know, don't get caught up in that um, thinking it's bad to assume that people out there are relying on you because they are oftentimes more than you maybe realize. So that is what's kept me motivated. And not only that, um, you know, I am my own worst nightmare when it comes to being critical about my technique, about what I can do, my ability. So, you know, if I put on a little bit of weight or I don't train for a few days to a week, I am, I am just a pain in the ass, basically. So I kind of rely on this to, uh, it kind of self-perpetuating um, motivation, you know, <laughs> that I enjoy the training, which keeps me training. And if I don't train, then I need to train and I go in this like loop, this vicious cycle. And that sounds a bit negative. Um, what lessons have I learned about myself and my teaching? Um, that I'm adaptable, that I, you know, um, the, the experience that I very luckily had on stage and doing live TV has really helped with the Zooms because... You know, uh, it feels like, it does feel like you're a CBeebies presenter when you're teaching Zooms to six-year-olds um, and you have to keep that energy up high. I've maybe learned that I am more resilient than I thought. Um, I think I maybe took it for granted. You know, I just kind of got on and I'm one of those sort of get on and do it types. And, you know, it wasn't until I started getting, and again, this is not an ego thing or a praise thing. It's just, you know, it's what happened. I was just going about doing what I was doing, thinking this is what we should be doing, and then that's you know we got it got recognised locally. We started getting awards for teaching from people I don't know, um, people you know parents sending me long emails about the benefits it's had for their kids and how they've been so thankful and you know that that I didn't realise necessarily. I think I just got so stuck in a, a, a an automatic process of. I teach Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, th- like I got stuck in that constant loop that I stopped noticing the positive benefits or the the impact I was having on people. It's not that I talked myself out of it that I, you know, uh, dismissed it. I just don't. I don't think I fully appreciated it anymore because it becomes so day to day after twenty years. Um, so yeah, I think, and on what do you say? What has changed during the pandemic? Teaching online rather than face to face. I think it ties into that really. You know, the the fact that 
it's changed how I view what I do and how it impacts people. Well, that was profound. <laughs> All right, next question uh, comes from James. Um, how do you see the online... Have I asked this one as well? I think I've asked this one as well. Have I just like printed out the same ones twice? Like a complete wally? Um, I'm gonna check. Yeah, I have. I must have printed these out this morning before I had my morning coffee. So that's two I've done there. I'm leaving that in as well. Right, uh, Harry asked the next question. Um, he says, uh, "I'd like to have something around recovery and training for longevity." As I'm getting on a bit. <laughs> How old's getting on a bit though? I mean. Okay, I need to have some sort of an idea of how old getting on a bit. Um, uh, Recovery and training for longevity. I would say the most important thing, really, one, is try not to stop. Because I view my body as being like a vintage sports car. When it's running, it runs really... Like a classic Formula One car, there you go. When it's running, it runs really well. Um, I like to think, um, but if I stop it for any sort of any length of time, the wheels start falling off, and the engine develops a bit of a misfire, and it's a bit hard to get going, and you might have to call out the AA to get it jump started. That's the way I like to think. I, I I find I work best if I keep active and keep going. I've had a lot of people message saying, "Oh, how do you keep doing this sort of stuff, and how do you do that?" And the, the short answer is, I just keep doing it because I know if I stop. Something will fall off, break, or not work anymore. Um, so I just keep going as much as is sensible. Um, recovery-wise, um, I like to. Uh, I like, as I say, I keep moving. But if I feel something needs a break, I give it a break, and I don't push myself anymore. Like I would, I would fix ridiculously quick in my twenties and thirties. I would like, you know. I get a pulled muscle, two days later, back to it, it's all good. Whereas now we're looking at weeks and sometimes months and, you know, I'll focus on something else. So if I nastily pull a hamstring, for example, I'll work on my upper body. I'll I'll focus on doing more core training and balance training and strength on the opposite side and but keep my mind and my body active and occupied and then slowly start to reintroduce elements that push the area that was injured. That works for me. Am I a medical expert? No. Am I saying to anybody that you should do that? No, I'm not. I'm just saying that's what works for me. You know, um, Always take the advice of a medical expert. Just throw that little disclaimer in there. Although medical experts, some of them, would have us just sit in a chair 24 hours a day and never breathe, let alone do martial arts. Um... Right then. Oh, the final one is a backup question. I like this. Somebody thought to send me a backup question in case the first one was too rubbish. (laughs) The question comes from David, who asked the question earlier on. Um, The best kung fu movie between 1970 and 1990, that has neither Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan in it. Oh, for Christ's sake, mate. You do realise how big of a window 1970 to 1990 is for films. Best Kung Fu movie between 1970 and 1990. Oh, there's so many whizzing through my head right now. Um, 
people are probably already answering this one now. I'm. Th- Every time I think of something, I go, no, not that. Um, okay, I'm going to go with the Jet Li film Shaolin Temple. Right now, somebody's probably screaming at the, their, their, whatever they're watching or listening to this on. Um, no, you want to pick Sammo Hung? You want to pick this? But you said Kung Fu film, and I'm going to go with Shaolin Temple, a Jet Li film, of which there were three, if not four. Uh, three, I think there was. Um, simply because it is one of the first well, the first films that really shone a light on, on Jet Li um, and his abilities. And it's just good fun. It's just silly, silly good fun. Um, and there, I, I'm thinking of others now that I should have said. Maybe I should have said Dreadnought. Maybe I should have said uh, Magnificent Butcher. Maybe I should have said... Um, Warriors 2 <laughs> there's just so many there's so many there's so many Warriors 2 is actually a really 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 good classic Kung Fu film very very different from Shaolin Temple anyway I've probably got people now going I don't watch any of these films I don't know what they are so you maybe have to go and watch them um, but there you go hopefully that answers your question I wouldn't have said any Bruce Lee films anyway uh, because I'm not a massive Bruce Lee fan to be honest I respect what he did, but I didn't really like his films. Didn't do it for me. Um, I probably just lost about two-thirds of my subscription list with that statement. <laughs> That's just how it is. I've never rated Bruce Lee films as being up there. Um, I know people do, and I get why they do. Just doesn't do it for me. Uh, so anyway, on that note, we'll finish that up there. Cool. So thank you to everybody that sent a message in. Um, if I missed your... Um, question now i'm just going back through now my questions because i have a feeling i've probably missed somebody because i duplicated two two of the questions oh dear what a wally anyway if i did i will i will come back to them on a future episode all right guys so with that said we're going to jump over to our mat chat with mr matthew chapman and i'll catch you on the other side you're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Hey guys, so joining me on the phone, uh, well, after a, quite a significant break, because I've not been recording, is Mr. Matthew Chapman. Round of applause. <laughs> Thank you very much. How you doing, dude? I'm all right. Where, it doesn't sound like a usual car office. No, I'm today. not in the car office today. I'm in a business center. So um, I've come to get some work done, get some peace and uh, do some podcasts. So it's nice and quiet here. And are you literally the only person there? Pretty much. It's pretty dead. Yeah. It's the Matthew Chapman Business Center. Yeah, it's good. So, <laughs> uh, Oh, sorry. In typical fashion, I've got my wife sending me a message asking me why the fire stick isn't making any sound. <laughs> uh, so I'll just reply, uh, ever the pro that I am. There we go. Restart it. That'll fix it. Um, so, yeah, um, business centre catching it. So you're doing what you're doing, sort of catching up on work, recording things. and Yeah, because it's so of... quiet. You know, I can't do uh, podcasts in my house because there's screaming kids and, and screaming wives everywhere. So I have to get out. And usually it's in the car, but it's not too comfy in the car, really. No, so... it's not. You like you got your laptop perched on the dashboard. People <laughs> people look at you a bit funny as well as the walking yeah, past with the dogs. That's right. Yeah, so it's a bit weird. So has that man a... been sat in his car for five hours? Exactly. <laughs> uh, Neighbours are going uh, to switch in. 
business center near me that allows me to uh, just come here and use it and it's just super quiet so great for this sort of stuff perfect so um i know it's been a bit of a general theme now this since what march yeah um, this old covid19 thing still going still going strong isn't it i mean i mean hopefully now that all the people are getting the injections and you know it, it should start reducing the r numbers coming down in the uk again since the latest lockdown 0.30 so fingers crossed i i actually think this is hopefully going to be the the end of it in the next sort of few months yeah you'd hope so wouldn't you i mean that's that's all the the, the buzz that's coming out from the the government isn't it on the they'd like to remind us as often as possible how well they're doing with the vaccination program and how they expect us to be out of it in early spring yes early spring is well, I think they've done like almost 5 million people yeah. now with the first dose, which is pretty impressive, really, to get it done so, it so quickly, right? It is. It is. Um, just a shame that they've managed to balance that out with really impressively letting the numbers get so high in the first place. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> that wasn't the best, was it? No, We're there was st- some on statistic it. that the, on the rolling, on the seven-day rolling average, we, were that, we had the highest numbers in the world, oh, the highest death really? rate in the world. Wow. Okay. yeah that's crazy isn't it it is it is 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 but it is it's how it is um you know my school's still here we're still going i'm still teaching i'm back on zoom um fully embraced zoom this time around and how's that going for me yeah i mean i'm it's almost like normal now right it just feels like that's what we do if that makes sense in a really weird way it's it's been so long now and it's not perfect, but you know, it's it's forced me to look at things differently, um, uh, out of necessity, really. And um, but we're doing what we can with it. I mean, it's it's not ideal, is it? I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's really ever going to say that. No, I mean, I think some people are enjoying it, and some people are, are doing better than others with it. And like I've said in a few social media posts, I think that's because it's how they pre-framed it to their students rather than look this is awful this sucks we're going to have to go online and do it via zoom i hate it i know you hate it so come and see me on monday night at seven o'clock yeah uh, it's, yeah it's how you frame it right the other instructors yeah. have gone more look um you know times have uh, moved on we have to do this but we're very very excited to teach you online we're going to have this bonus this resource we're going to do extra classes it's going to be extra fun you're going to get x y and z reward for attending or whatever and yeah. they framed it a slightly different way i think yeah exactly i mean we've i've tried to stay as positive as i can with it the whole time through because i mean i remember back at the beginning of all this early april time when people were first adopting zoom some people were already then oh, this is awful, it won't work for me. And it's like, ooh, you're going to kind of have to make it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. This is what we've got, you know. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't think anybody back then really, even if even if they were saying it, I don't think they genuinely thought this would last a year. No, I didn't. I didn't. Definitely not. I thought, well, I'll give it three, six six months yeah. max, it'll be all be sorted. But it's, it's yeah, it's going to last a year, if not a year and a half, I think. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely thought we'd be sort of back end of it by September. Yeah, um, carrying on as normal. Yeah, um, I, I, I really thought it would be. And, and that was being sort of careful as well, I thought, thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe sort of September, October time. And, uh, and that's come and gone, obviously, flown, flown by. Um, and I know now that... Uh, 
a lot of from what I'm seeing on Facebook and from the discussions I've been having with people in different, you know, um, the support group that we run now, there's a lot of not only student fatigue because they're, they, you know, we've how many times have we changed things? We've had three lockdowns, we've had all this rule of six, we've had outdoor classes, <laughs> then indoor classes, then yeah. back outside, back on Zoom, back in class, no adults, but just only it's just been. Never yeah, ended. When, you, when you say that, it sounds crazy, doesn't it? Like yeah. like ten different variations of what we've been allowed to do. Yeah, and I think you know, our students now and their parents especially are just just mentally fatigued. It's just you know, it's like oh, another round of homeschooling. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. You know? And so they're sitting on Zoom all day, and then we're saying, "Hey, come back on Zoom at four o'clock." <laughs> yeah, I think you, yeah, you might be right. It's that it's just everyone's just burnt out with yeah. the whole online tech Zoom situation, aren't they? And uh, I, I totally understand. It's it's a short term thing. I mean, I don't think we could ever anticipate doing like a year's worth of content or no. teaching online for a, a year or possibly longer. It, it's ex- incredibly difficult. You know, it requires extra energy from the instructor. It requires more organization. It requires, you know, a bit of tech know-how, yeah. um, problem solving on the fly when things don't work out ha- exactly <laughs> how you want when it starts. Yeah. So it's a whole different skill set for martial arts instructors. I feel for them. And like you say, I think a lot of people are burnt out from, yeah. from doing it yeah. all the time. We're putting, I mean, I, me personally, I'm putting more energy and effort into the Zooms now than I have at any other point, and our interaction is at the lowest it's ever been. But then I look at it and think, well, if I didn't do that, where would we be? You know, we've not seen any um, additional, no, actually, no, I have. I've had one cancellation right. this this lockdown so far. Um, they were going to go anyway, truth be told, but... You know, I think if I'd have done nothing at all, that would have been not necessarily as high as the first wave in in March when we had that. We all, all the schools saw that sudden rush of membership drop offs, but I think it would have been more significant. And, and I think for for a lot of a lot of the parents and some of the conversations I've had, they, they they appreciate the effort that I'm putting in, and they they are seeing what I'm doing. It's just they're struggling to get the kids to do it, or yeah, or if they're an adult, they're struggling to do it. So. They do appreciate it, and they do see value in it, and they're keeping the membership open. Yes. And if we, but if we'd have done nothing at all and gone completely radio silent, nothing at all, I think then we would have had a problem. So, you know, although it is frustrating, you get your class plan, you get all the bells and whistles going, and it all looks great, and you're all ready to go in CBeebies mode, and you've got two kids turn up. Like, <laughs> mm. But you've still got to give the same energy because course, if not saying more. to somebody the other day. Yeah, exactly. I was saying to somebody the other day. I I know my students well, obviously, but you know, we you, we don't know all the time what's going on in all these kids' lives, you know, and you know, that might be the one constant that they've got right now. Mm, yeah. Is you as an instructor, they know that you're gonna turn up on Tuesday at five, you know, and they they, they might be seeing their parents stressed out. They might be hearing that the grandparents ill or, you know, so they've got all that through the day as well as homeschooling. And then you don't turn up at five o'clock because you can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it doesn't, you know what I mean? So I think it's just our responsibility to just be that constant, even if we only have one turn up or three turn up or whatever it is, is just turn up for those ones that are there. And Exactly. 
and you yeah. can always record the the zoom yeah. etc and use them at a later date when uh, we have a fresh new pandemic approaching in a, a couple <laughs> oh, of years God. Time. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> don't need to think about that just yet fingers in their ears la la la, um, yeah, la, la. but we're we're yeah, we're seeing a lot of a lot of pickup on the recordings as opposed to the actual lives people are doing them when they can do them yes you know when the kids are in the right mood to do it as opposed to uh, exactly right. yeah and i know some instructors aren't recording their their zooms and i'm like guys just record it you never know how you might use it or how it will come in useful or where yeah. you can you know i think it's it's a no-brainer just to press record yeah, and, it and use it for something and even if you don't want to do that, what what I do is so that rather than dealing with the because um, I'm terrible for forgetting to delete my recordings on Zoom and it and it maxes out the account and there's no more space. I'm terrible yeah. for doing that. So I I have um, one iPad set up doing the stream for Zoom, and another iPad next to it or my phone streaming live to Facebook into our private group at the same time. Yes, so that automatically saves. So then I don't yeah, have yeah. to think about downloaded it and edited it's just i just leave the live saved to the facebook page yeah give it the correct name and then leave it there and people can go and do it when they want to so even if there's not anybody quite often there's nobody on the live at all but it doesn't matter it's it's recording yeah you know, and it's one less job to do yeah and also it's you know it's our our, our job isn't it to turn up for our students even yeah. if they don't show up <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally totally so um and that and then on the flip side of the you know the the kids and the parents being mentally wrecked. So are the instructors now. I've seen them seeing it more and more from people. They're just, you know, I think it's that combination of fed up of not being able to kick and punch and choke people out with seeing their businesses struggling that they've built up over however many decades with seeing their, their, their kids and students frustrated and they're just switching off. They're just switching off. I'm seeing people actually giving up on teaching completely going into other things. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, a bit I of the fittest. I mean, I understand if you you're not bringing in the income from the teaching anymore, um, but you know, if it's your primary source yeah. of income, I, I think there are ways of surviving this, and a lot of instructors have improved, proved it. You know that they can still keep uh, students training. I don't know what the drop off rate across the industry is going to be like after this. But, you know, is it going to be more than usual during winter? Because winter is always a, a drop off time anyway. What with cold weather, rain, dark nights and, you know, Christmas yeah. parties and stuff and things like that. So you usually get a bit of a drop off anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I we're, I'm, I'm seeing like, I've said this before in previous episodes, but I'm seeing this as a, a, a massive reset button to be able to put some of the things right that I've not been happy with for a long time because I'm going to have the membership numbers that much lower. And the ones that are going to stay are the ones that, you know, the core members. Yeah. Um, so I now have to work on attracting people like them as opposed yeah. to the wishy-washy ones that have left. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if, you know, trying to put a positive spin on this, whether this actually changes some of the common uh, commonalities that we, we wait for year in, year out. Like we always know we're going to get new members in January. We always know we're going to get new members in September. Is this going to spark some sort of, you know, complete wipe of that and change it completely? Are we going to see new patterns emerge? Um, are we going to be able to, in any way, not wanting to, you know, I don't know this to sound bad, but, you know, manipulate that at all? Are we going to be able to, you know, create a new trend in when people are interested in joining or maybe, you know, it, it, 
is it going to is it going to be different in that respect? Is it going to be harder? Maybe I'm not sure. I think really, if they manage to get the virus under control and immunise enough people, I think things will relatively quickly settle back into the normal routine of things, which is that school kids rule everything that happens in the UK. So it'll all be the same. We'll get the September rush. The, the only concern is, and I've been reading a lot of articles, where a lot of people have said that they're not going to go back to the gym. They're not going to go necessarily back to organized activities. They're just yeah. going to do their, their health and fitness training um, alone. So that, for, that's mainly adults, of course. Yeah. So I, I wonder how that's going to affect it. I mean, going for a run, obviously, is, is a good way to get fit. But learning yeah. martial arts is obviously a lot more than that. And there's the whole self-defense, self-confidence, you know, finding a group of people who share similar values. I wonder if um, we're going to see an increase in activities like martial arts because they do the extra stuff that you don't get from the gym or yeah. gonna a decrease. It's, it's just weird times. And I really feel for martial arts instructors. I really want to, like, give everyone a big, big old hug and say, you know, you'll get through this. You will survive well we can but, organize well, yeah. that yeah <laughs> yeah massive group we'll just form a big line <laughs> yeah one at a time i don't know about one at a time that's going to take ages dude <laughs> but maybe like a massive instructor martial arts instructor group hug um would be nice but yeah it's it's the uncertainty isn't it that's doing people's heads in and stressing them out so yeah. obviously yeah i do get that I, I really get that um i was a post from another instructor on online today saying you know he, he, he hates how he can't plan for his future so i you know i said to him well we'll prepare for it then you know mm. rather than trying to plan prepare because i know at some point i'm going to be able to reopen again and when i reopen i, I need I want, I want everything in place ready for it. so I'm, I'm i'm now i'm thinking about putting strategies in place what am i going to what do i want to do how do i want to reopen do I want to do an open day? Will people want to do an open day? Maybe mm. they'll want to do a virtual open day. Maybe yeah. they'll, you know, so getting getting out and getting everything prepped now. So whether it's April, August, October, whenever we open, I've got the plan ready to go. Well, I can always modify the, 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 the plan itself rather than trying to fix a date in my head of when, you know, because um, if, you, if you're always in that sort of place of, Oh, I don't know when I can. I don't know when I can. It's not a good place. No, it's it's stressful, isn't it? And yeah. it's tiring. So you're right. You should be preparing. What I'm really surprised about is I speak to a lot of instructors, obviously. I'm surprised at the number who are not preparing anything if this happens again. It's just like the majority of instructors I speak to are just hanging on, waiting for this to kind of blow over, go to the Winchester and have a pint sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and they're they're kind of ignoring the fact that this could happen again and again and again and again. And, you know, and, and I know a lot of people go, oh, Matt, you're being all negative about it. But you want to be prepared if we do have a different yep. pandemic that shuts people. Down. And the amount of people are just not even thinking about that is crazy to me. I think you've got to, you know, yeah. if I was running a school, I'd be planning sort of three to five years ahead looking at what yeah. I can do to protect my business, what strategies I can um, execute, what yeah. materials I can create that keep, get me ready for it, what support I can access now yeah. or can access in the future. Um, I'd be like doing everything to. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at now sort of ways I can automate the process 
to a certain yeah. degree so that when we get those like we did this time i was i was in the gym on that monday what was it november 4th i can't remember what it was now i can't remember what date it was no that's when we came back uh anyway whatever date it was when boris came on the cv and went oh you shut again <laughs> all right so i was we'd, we'd just got to the point we were open and it was our first day back no it way was our, it was yeah it was the first day back we just reopened after the lockdown and oh my god we'd had the first three classes in i'd got a full month's worth of classes booked and then boris came on the telly on that evening and said oh yeah it's lockdown again it's like nice one just got open again it was when we got put into uh tier three right that's when it was when we got put into tier three and i had to cancel all the adults classes that's when it was yeah uh, and um i was like brilliant okay i'm sure again then and uh yeah so at that at that point i thought you know i need to have something in place so that i can not the press of a button but you know not like bat cave style but um some you know there's a process clicks in and then all the all the students just roll straight onto the online you know yes. whether it's a website that i get set up or whether there's an automated email process yeah something that is so that it's you know it's self-contained so to speak so yeah. i'm not having to text everybody and email everybody separately and you know and have all this panic going on exactly right mate well done it's streamlined what everyone should be doing but they're not they're kind of they're just waiting for this to blow over and then carry on as normal, which is fair enough because it will eventually go back to the, to normal ish. But um, I'm a bit concerned because, you know, coronaviruses keep popping up now and then, don't they, randomly? Sometimes we catch yeah. them early enough and stop them, and, and this time we didn't. Um, so, But hopefully now that this has happened, the whole world is much better prepared to, you know, shut down borders and to test people and not let people flying in that yeah, of country for months. slightly bizarre, isn't it, how it's <laughs> taken till now for them to go, do you know what? We should really test people that come in from different countries. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a good idea? I know, literally at the end, now that the UK is doing it. Unbelievable. Yeah. That's crazy. It's oh. crazy, but try not to get too political. So it's and then and then of course we've got the the future. I mean, we're we're looking at this. Oh, I'm looking at this, should I say, from the point of view of myself, which is I'm in survival mode at the moment, trying to um, keep the keep the the business going whilst keeping because I'm trying to split it. I'm trying. Yes, I'm trying to keep the business. The business is sort of like hibernating, uh, but I've got to keep the teaching the the actual. Um, martial arts elements of it live and active and going yes uh, and but that being said how i'm wondering how this is going to change things for the the new the new school owners the new instructors that pop up in in years to come are they going to be because there's always been this divide hasn't there between um newer instructors and sort of like the older dinosaur generation of the old schoolers there's always it's always been there yeah but is this going to cause even more of a divide even more of a gap between the way that people are looking at because you would think that anybody coming into it now or in sort of five years the next five years are going to be much much more better prepared for um thinking outside the box yeah you'd hope so um but i think that depends on who their instructors are right so if you're yeah. if you're taught by an old school instructor you know and you bring these fresh new exciting ideas we could do this we could do that because they tend to get shut down and no i'm not doing that that's that's rubbish you can't learn martial arts online it's it's garbage 
so they tend to get shut down. So not necessarily. I think it depends, like, you know, on the instructor that you've got and how open and willing they are. But it's just the evolution of martial arts, isn't it? You know, it happens in styles. It happens with instructors. It happens with technology. It's just going to evolve the next generation, hopefully, who've been taught by people who've gone through this will be much more tech savvy, will yeah. be much better prepared, will have stuff in the background, will understand the importance of a, like having an emergency fund that you can rely on. Um, I still bang on about emergency funds and no one listens to me. But I'm with you. You know what but, I'm like with that. I've been on that since the get-go. Good. Well, I I used to say that you need like three to six months money saved yeah. up as an emergency fund for your business and for your for your home but now i've revised that too you need a year's worth of emergency fund saved up because of this whole pandemic situation yeah you, know, you need was... to, to support your business for a year without bringing in any income now that's a lot of saving and that's a lot of hassle and the temptation is to buy a new car and go on holiday but when you come to points like this and you know you've got a year's worth of money in the bank just sitting there it's less you're not terrified you're not scared you're not stressed out you're like i can ride this out teach online create my online resources do some other stuff in the meantime write the book you know spend time with the family um but it's just they they just don't want to do it i don't know why yeah i mean it's just it's always been in my nature because i'm a tight ass i don't like spending money anyway (laughs) so that's helped But, (laughs) but at the same time, I was I was sort of Brexit fund reserve making, you know, because we didn't. There was always that unknown of what's how is it going to affect us. So I thought, well, if I have a little bit in reserve, then it's there. Yes. And then when grants became available, I know I know some some look, Eric, to each their own. You know, do do as you please. But on the first wave of grant, whenever a lot of people got the ten ten thousand pound plus grants. They were reinvesting it straight into the school and buying new mats and, and buying new equipment. It's like, whatever you want to do. I, I didn't buy a single thing during the first long lockdown. I didn't mm-hmm. literally didn't buy a thing. No, actually, I bought an iPad. I tell a lie. Fair I enough. bought an iPad for the login for the um, student signing in system when they arrived for the social distancing. I bought an iPad. But apart from that, I didn't buy anything because I left that, I left that money in a savings account. One, so it's there if we need it. Yeah, and two. So when the government come asking for more money, <laughs> they yeah, go, "It's there. Needed. You can have it back." You know, yeah. um, because I think that's I think that's going to be the next wave. You know, is the government going out, going right? All these people had these grants. Were you all supposed to have them? You know, because yeah. at the time they didn't, did they? They were just sh- they were just chucking chucking money, money out of the front center. Yeah. They were just throwing it out, and now they've run out. They're going to be like, hmm, "Can we get some of that back, please?" Of so, course. Yeah. That's, that was one of my concerns when you know I, I thought they're very, very keen to give me all this money. <laughs> they're going to want it back, aren't they? <laughs> in some sort of way, of course. Yeah, they're going to get it back in in various tax rises. And you yeah. might be right; they might start asking you, "Look, why did you need the money?" And if you spend it on a new car yeah. uh, instead of on your martial arts school, then it might be a bit tricky. But hopefully, this 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 won't happen. But it's just, I think, for you know, preparation is just to yeah. get all these things down, get the tech down, like you say, get the automation down so that stuff can be, like you say, started with a click of a button and everything just switches over to the online and just get some money in your bank that you never touch. Um, 12 months worth of business expenses yeah. in the bank that you never touch. That's quite a lot of money for a lot of businesses. 
Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, just talking tech, this is just going off on a, a skew here slightly. But one thing that I had been thinking on, and, and somebody's probably going to steal this idea, but anyway, I've said, I've, I've said it now. Somebody's probably already developing it, truth be told. But one thing I've noticed, obviously, we've been relying a lot on Skype. Not Skype, sorry, uh, Zoom yes, and, and Facebook Live. This one, one-to-one sort of system where you can see each other. But there's been, a, a, in recent months anyway, uh, quite a big explosion in um, on VR. There's people been buying the new Oculus headsets because the yes. prices have come right down as the technology is becoming more available. And, and, you know, do we see it where we get to a point, especially if this sort of thing becomes more commonplace, where you could get some sort of system that's passive? So whereas there's a virtual, you know, you where we get into sort of glasses size, where it's you've got you can still see your living room around you, yeah, but you've got actual targets appearing and you can punch and kick and and it's interactive with the the instructor. You got, oh yes. You know, do, do you see what I mean? So I, I, that's something I wonder is you know will we get to a point where we can carry on? I know it's not the same, but we can carry on with classes <laughs> that give you an electric shock when you get hit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of course, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. it's going to happen in all sports. It's all yeah. going to eventually go to AI, VR, you know, augmented reality, all of that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. So you'll be in your living room, but you could also probably see the dojo around you yeah. and, and interact with the instructor. Yeah, of course. Um, how soon is the question? Is it going to be in the next couple of years? Definitely not. I think it's probably five, ten years down the line, that type of tech will be readily available but there's people already developing things like mm-hmm. that so it's uh it's interesting now what i find interesting about that is all the people who the you know the dinosaurs didn't like online so how are they even going to consider operating in like augmented reality or vr yeah. you know i find that quite exciting i'm like oh cool i could teach seminars doing yeah. work with thousands of people around the world all linked at the same time i find that quite exciting because it's sharing my passion and my message with as many people as possible which is one of my goals but i think if you're not really like that it's like a whole new scary <laughs> scary world yeah it, it's it's gonna be interesting especially if you have they, you know they're going to reach a point, aren't they? Where, like you say, it's augmented, and you could have your, you know, you could sign up to a course, and you know, you get your freestanding pad as part of it that links in to the software, so yep. that when you're studying in front of the pad, you're hitting the pad. You know, you got all the other people around you as well. You can see them all there, and yep. you know, they can see you demonstrating on the same pad, and it's all very interesting to see how that goes. And I think, you know as much of like the matrix as it sounds, I think we kind of have to be ready, if, especially if if this sort of scenario we're in now starts popping up more and more. Yeah, exactly. Developers are going to be there. I, the amount of friends that I've seen that have picked up these, you know, um, VR headsets to entertain themselves during lockdown. Mm. It's just been, it's just gone, it's just huge. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I think we need to be open to all ideas really, you know, if we're going to, if we're going to survive. Yeah, I think so. And I think you're right. Eventually, we will get to the matrix level where we can just download martial arts and say, I know Kung Fu and go do Kung wow, Fu. Do you imagine that? It'd be cool, wouldn't it? If you could just oh, like, be amazing. log um, on to Steam and download BJJ into your yeah, brain. become a black belt. Eventually, <laughs> that, that's going to happen eventually, you know, with the evolution of technology. Probably not within our lifetimes, unfortunately, but it's eventually where it's going to go. So it's, 
and for me that's exciting but for a lot of instructors that's like ah that's terrible that's not how it should be um obviously the value in martial arts is the journey isn't it the the years of training sacrifice the discipline the pain the overcoming obstacles the relationships you build so i get their point but i think it can complement what you've already you know what you're already doing as we found mm. out right yeah it's it's and i i agree completely with what you're saying um, with with regards to what martial arts is and how it is but i suppose without getting too oh, i don't even know how to describe it really but um if you think about i suppose martial arts it's it, the the needs are relative to the to the world that we're in aren't they and, and i suppose as the world changes uh, as the needs of the people living in that world change and the challenges change it, it's going to have to it's going to have to evolve um to, to continue to be relevant isn't it yep and um anyway absolutely sure. that's probably for another day Ooh. tomorrow's world isn't it that Ooh, well no it's good because you know you've got to plan ahead if you're planning in your business if i told you if i had a time machine and come back from you know the future and said to you two years ago dudes there's going to be a massive pandemic is going to shut down the world for a year this is what you need to do for to prepare it would have been useful information right yeah you would have thought that all these time travelers that people keep claiming exist one of them would have told us well yeah i know selfish give them a slap yeah yeah anyway anyway where's martin mcfly when you need him so um other than other than uh, what you were saying about your business um some not summit um meeting today not meeting where's my brain at this is <laughs> this is what homeschooling coffee and early morning i'm not at home chris homeschooling Jeez. is horrific but whatever it is you're doing now <laughs> no anything else planned any any more workshops or seminars and things online coming up uh yeah i'm doing a free webinar um with a, a guy from america free um called america. From Morica, um, he's asked me to do a little webinar to help people just get uh, their understanding of online up a little bit. So that's coming up. Um, that'll be tomorrow. So I'll, I'll try and find a link to that somewhere. So that would be good. Cool. But really, um, I'm just trying to help instructors. I, I speak to like instructors daily who are struggling with everything at the moment, and you can hardly blame them. Um, so I'm just kind of reaching out to people getting in touch with people, trying to help them out, give them a bit of advice, uh, be a listening ear if they need to rant about stuff. It's kind of like what you're doing with your your group. Um, so just trying to help really as best I can. Perfect. So I last thing before I let you go, are you a Cobra Kai watcher? No. Oh, and dude. I tell me why I couldn't get into it. I just I watched the first like three or four episodes. Oh, you see, what? that's what you got to do. you got to stick with it. If everyone says that, I mean, <laughs> then you've spent like 10, watch 10 episodes and you still don't like it. Did you watch, did you like the films though? Did you like the films? Yes, I like the films. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's, yeah, well, you should really like it then. You kind of have to stick with it. it. It does develop. I think what it is, is they got, they got part way through the first series and thought, oh yeah, we're going to get picked up for a season two. Here. Let's, yeah, so let's develop these characters a little bit. Yes. Oh. Okay. All right, Chris, I'll get on it. I just was going to, I just, well, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody because, you know, but it's just so good. I prefer it's, Mandalorian. I mean, that's, that's like yeah. amazing. So, I, so I started watching that with my son the other day because he'd been what, going on about watching it for ages and I'd just not gotten around to it. Yeah. And um, I did actually find myself watching quite a few of those. That's pretty good. 
yeah uh it, it that that i really like that it's really really cool and um, kind of more martial arty than actually cobra kai is. oh god there's nothing <laughs> martial arts about cobra kai it's just the way no, the I worst know, martial yeah. arts ever committed to film it's just dreadful but that, that's not sorry for anybody the words on it but we know it is i don't but know it, why they did that i mean surely they can get some stunt people in who actually know martial arts uh yeah, because to, here we go the actors yeah go on then was that were were the original films actually driven by the martial arts or was the martial no. arts a method to drive the story yeah okay gotcha yeah because there's i i, I said this um i don't know where oh no it was on a another interview i did there there isn't any martial arts instructors in it well all right maybe there'll be a handful somewhere probably cold-hearted grumpy sod somewhere <laughs> but there's normally not a martial arts instructor anywhere that isn't in some way on some level affected by that mr miyagi pipe music when you hear that tune play, we all know the one, the Mr. Yeah. Miyagi. You know, you hear that play, and it just, uh, just does something, it just resonates somewhere in your head. It just makes me feel like an eight-year-old child again whenever I hear that tune. And that's what—that's for me what it was all about. It wasn't the martial arts; it was crap. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think the problem there was when I was watching the original. Was I was probably I don't know eight, ten, yeah. twelve, maybe. So I just started martial arts, so my martial arts was crap as well. <laughs> But now, <laughs> 25 years later, my martial arts is slightly less crap. And I watch it and I, I go, ah, oh, and I know I should just get over it. But I just think you could have just got some decent bloody Yeah, but people you're, still, you're still rooting <laughs> for him to win that fight, aren't you, at the end? And, <laughs> you know, and there's some classics, especially, especially, what is it, the third one when, um, when, um, Coming by his real name, Pat. When uh, Mr. Miyagi goes up and he's on the floor and, and he gives him that whole speech about not giving in to fear. Mm. I was like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. That's True. so cool. I mean, it's the same as Rocky, right? The boxing in Rocky is not of the highest quality, but you still watch it because of the story. So, yeah, don't watch Cobra Kai for the fighting. Okay. Uh, watch it because it's just 80 cheese uh, in, in modern times. And um, Johnny Lawrence is the further you get into the first season and the more he starts teaching again, the parallels between him and actual instructors is just frightening. Oh, cool. All right. You can you can watch it and go, I actually know somebody that teaches like that. Or I, and, I, and even even though it's, it's like a bit of a parody of it, it's sort of like a, 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 a another version of a, a Master Ken or a, um, what's the guy in that? What's that? I can't remember what that comedy martial arts film's called now. Yeah, it's a bit like that, you know. Calling kids names that you really shouldn't call kids in a, in a, in a class. Um, <laughs> I might that, for that then, yeah. Tell them that asthma's fake and throwing their inhaler at the wall and you know all this sort of stuff. It's but there'd be instructors out there that are really like that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, I know a few. So. <laughs> Do they have online courses? Funnily enough, they don't. No. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, cool. Well, on that, I shall let you get back to your quiet time. Thank you, mate. And uh, and we'll speak soon. Cheers, matey. Nice chatting with you. Cool. See ya. Enjoy our podcast? Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. So thanks again to Matt for his time. Always always a pleasure to have him on the uh, on the show. Uh, look forward to chatting with him a little bit more over the coming months when the podcast gets back to the swing of things again. You know, there's going to be a lot of this stop-start, I'll be honest with you. Um, I know that a lot of you kind of got used to um when we were doing things weekly but it's just not something that i'm able to commit to um uh, fully at the minute with everything going on with the business and my family and 
it's just the whole pandemic lifestyle has really shook things up and running a podcast every week is becoming more and more difficult. Uh, I'm sure many of you out there have noticed there's been a massive uptake in people starting podcasts, which is all well and good. You know, uh, I wish them all the best, but they'll very, very quickly realize that it's not as easy as it may be seen on the outset. You know, it's like, oh, you're just talking to a microphone, but you know, it's keeping the content fresh, which at the minute is really, really difficult. I mean, you can see from the con, and this is not a dig at anybody, please don't take this the wrong way, but there was a very, very consistent theme through all of the questions that came in, and you don't need me to spell it out for you, and it's just on everyone's minds, you know, and there's only so much you can talk about it before you end up depressing people more than they already are. You know, people are listening to podcasts have a break from stuff and not to have it rammed down their throats more and more and more. So I'm going to limit the podcasts on that basis. Now, um, a lot has happened it's sort of in the wider martial arts world since we last spoke. Uh, one of which is not my birthday, although that did happen. But a little Netflix series called Cobra Kai that has sort of gone absolutely nuts. So I think it would probably be quite fitting to have a Cobra Kai themed episode very, very soon. Now, I'm not going to talk about it too much, other than everybody kind of gets what it's about, I would think. Um, If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Um, Don't watch it for martial arts. That's not what it's about. The martial arts is there to tell the story. The, the martial arts content in it is inconsistent, quality-wise, shall we say. And then again, that's not a dig at anybody that worked on the series because I would give my right arm to work on Cobra Kai. Uh, don't get me wrong. But it's not meant to be a serious martial arts TV series. It, it's just martial arts is used as a uh, storytelling device. It's just so 80s nostalgic it's unreal and they've developed the characters so so well but as i say we'll do a cobra kai episode we've got to do a cobra kai episode maybe have a few of you guys involved in it get some people on to talk about it with me that might be a good thing bit of a zoom chat how does that sound anyway guys thank you as always don't forget sorry it wouldn't be a podcast without my phone going out in the background would it so there we go. Three notifications in one hit. <laughs> I was just about to say, please don't forget to uh, support our, our, show, our show sponsors. So we've got uh, mintmaster.com and we've also got onlinekicking.co.uk. Go and check those guys out. Big support. You know, it really does help. So especially at the minute with the online content, <laughs> the irony be that two online course suppliers are the main means of support for the podcast. You know, who could have written it? So go check them out uh, using the links. If you go to kickbackpodcast.com, if you kick, click the banner at the top for Mitmaster, go through to there. Uh, go check out his courses there. Some awesome stuff. And I'm not just saying that because Matt comes on the show. It is genuinely awesome stuff. And I was using that before the podcast was even a thing, before lockdown was even a thing. So, yeah, go check it out. Uh, every click helps. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you soon. I won't say next week, just sometime soon. As always, get in touch if you've got any questions, comments, or suggestions for future guests or for future topics. I love hearing from you guys. Thanks for your support. And don't forget, share the links around Facebook. Really does help. All right, guys. Cheers, and I'll catch you soon. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com.